Please turn your Bibles to the book of Luke. Book of Luke. Now, I'm going to do my best to keep everybody awake. I've been challenged this morning by somebody who's already been to one service uh, and fell asleep. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to put y'all to sleep here this morning. So just, you just got to pay attention. And I'm not going to name names, but their initials are Heather. Heather, don't go to sleep. Glenn, Glenn, you're in charge. If you see Heather nodding off, you've you got to just you know, reach over there and keep her awake. Turn your Bibles again to, to Luke chapter 22. This morning, I want to tell you from the very beginning of this message, Gary Page, I'm glad you're here. I'm going to tell you from the very beginning of the message that this is a very simple sermon. It's a very simple sermon this morning. Yet, it's one that I believe the Lord laid on my heart to preach. One of the most impactful verses in Scripture, I've told y'all to me, uh, is Psalm 4610, which says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Have you ever wondered why it is that God wants us or wanted us to be still? Now, Heather, you can't be still. You just don't know because you, you don't fall asleep. Why is it that God wants us to be still. I think it's because he knows how busy we make ourselves, how we try to fit in all we can into every day, how we do not want to miss out on anything that's taking place around us. But God told us, it's, it's, he was emphatic, God told us to be still because that is when we are most attentive to what he's speaking to our hearts. That is when we turn off everything that is in front of us, and we need to do that more often, myself included, amen? Turn off everything that is in front of us when we turn off all the noise of this world and just listen to what he is speaking to our hearts. We need to do that more often. Listen, when, when Amy and I go on vacation, one of the things that thrills me the most is wherever we what I generally do is I take that little device that's in my back pocket most of the times and I turn it off and I'll throw it in the safe, I'll throw it in a suitcase. If, if I tell everybody, if y'all need me, get in touch with Amy. The, the people that we were with this year and last year, they said, did you, did you get that picture I sent you? I was like, mm-mm. And Amy kind of chuckled. She said, he, he doesn't look at his phone very often. He just, you know, he, he throws it. We, we, we need to turn stuff off. We really do. That's when God speaks to our hearts. I personally find myself every day thinking about the tasks that lie before me and try in the earliest moments of the morning to figure out how I complete, can complete each task as fast as I can so I can move on to the next task. I make a list in my head. My, my wife tells me I need to put it on paper, but I, I don't listen to her. I, I, I keep it in my head, and I ask myself at the end of the day, could I have been more productive? And most times the answer is yes. I've made many mistakes trying to keep my list of tasks in order to become, uh, because uh, by staying on, on this list, I was not still or listening to God speak to my heart. Now, too many times in my life, I look back now and wish I would have had something called a rewind button. I do. I wish that I had a rewind button, as the title of this message indicates. Listen to me. There is no rewind button. There's not one. There's not a rewind button. 
So let, let me explain what a rewind button is, because I'm sure there's many of y'all, y'all probably don't know what a rewind button is. So this is a little device that I, I, I bought when I became a pastor, and this is why, because I, I you know, I, I don't take notes real fast, and when you have a meeting, uh, I wanted to, you know, just have the, the meeting to record the meeting, important meetings, or, or when a disgruntled person would come to my office and I didn't have any witnesses to be around, which that doesn't happen anymore, because if they become disgruntled, I shut it down, and so let's wait till in a more appropriate time when another deacon or some can be present, but I have used this here one time with a disgruntled former church member. They came in, and they, they were upset, and I said, hold on one second, I pushed the red button. Now, the red button, guess what the red button is? Record. It's record. That's exactly right. It records everything that's being said. And what I was doing was I was keeping myself, you know, safe. Because this, this is what happens. When you have a meeting like this, Heather, when you have a meeting like this uh, with a disgruntled person, they'll leave the office and they'll say something like this. Yeah, the preacher said so-and-so. Well, the preacher didn't say that. Yes, he did too. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. And you know what I do? You know what I push then? You push rewind. And then you push what? Play. That's exactly right. Chloe, this is an amazing thing. I'm telling you, it's amazing. And this one's funny. It was kind of like the one that was on uh, uh, Left Behind in New York. It has a fast button. So you can, you know, talk in this thing and you can push play and you can, you know, you talk, sounds like a mouse and you can push it slow and it's like, uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty neat. But the rewind button is very, very important. Now, listen, back in the day, back in the 80s, if you didn't have a rewind button, you were in bad shape. You really were. Back in the early 80s, when, when Bon Jovi came out with their first album, y'all know what Bon Jovi's first album was? She's a little... Runaway, that's the name of Runaway. Man, I'm going to tell you what, Eric Gessabauer would pick me up in the morning, we'd drive to school that, in the morning, and the first, he'd, he'd wait till I got in the car, Jesse, and I'd shut that door, and he'd push play. It's still in there, y'all. And we were listening to Runaway, wide, I mean, just blaring the speakers, just messing our ears up. What'd y'all say? I, I still can't hear. Stan, you can relate. Do you like that song? That's a good guitar solo. Can you play that? You can't? <laughs> we probably don't need to play it in church anyway. <laughs> but as soon as it was over, he'd get to the next song. And the next song, I can't remember what it was, but Colin, it wasn't as good. So we'd get out of the gates of TK, and guess what Eric would do? He'd hit that rewind button, baby. We'd listen to it at least twice on the way to school, every single day, because that was our song. You and a boy had a song. Well, that was—he's my, my, you know, he's my friend. All right, but that was our song. You had, we had that re, re, rewind button. Now, let me read a scripture and then ask you a question. Y'all ready? ready? Nobody's sleepy, right? Let me read you a scripture and then I'm going to ask you a question. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22 and verse one. The festival of unleavened bread, which is called Passover, was drawing near. The chief priests and the scribes were looking all for a way to put him to death, being Jesus, because they were afraid of the people. Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. 
He went away and discussed with the chief priest and the temple police how he, could, how he could hand him over to them. They were glad and agreed to give him silver. How many pieces? 30 pieces of silver. The price of a what? A slave. That's exactly Give her a pat on the back, Caleb. That's right. Price of a slave. So he accepted the offer and started looking for an opportunity to betray him to them when the crowd was not present. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. And thank you for the time that we can gather as a church family to sing and to worship and to praise and to testify about who you are and what you've done in our lives. God, I pray that you would still our hearts, open our minds, Help us, Lord God, to hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name I do pray. And all God's children said, amen. amen. Now, I told you I was, gonna, I was going to read the scripture, and then I was going to ask a question. Ask a question. Dan, Michelle, give him a pat on the back. That's right. Yeah, you don't do that often enough. All right. Here's the question. Do you think after 2,000 years, Judas... Wishes that he had a rewind button. Y'all ever thought about that? Do you think people in Scripture wished they had a rewind button? There's a lot. Mr. Ed, you think that there's people in Scripture who wish they, they could just take this, you know, take this, this is their life and, and just, you know, here it is, push rewind. I do. I really do. And I want us to think about this. Let's consider Judas for a second. We all know what he did. But, but, but think about beforehand. Judas walked with Jesus for how many years? Three years. He saw everything that Jesus did. He, he saw every miracle. He was one of the disciples when, when they fed the 5,000 and the 3,000 that, that was asked to, to pass out the loaves and the fishes. He was there, listen, he was there on the day that, that he, he healed the leper. He was there. But most importantly, he was there when Lazarus was raised from the dead. And Lazarus had been dead how many days? Four days. Four days in the grave, dead. He was there. He saw it. Listen, but it gets better. Lazarus, I mean, excuse me, Judas was there when, when Jesus said, okay, listen, I'm going to send out the, the, the disciples, and they're going to go out, and they are going to cast out devils. They're going to heal. They're, they're, they are going to heal the sick. Listen, he was one of them. Jesus gave him that power, and he still did what he did. But you know, it, it gets even worse for Judas or better. For us, do you know that he was there the night of the Lord's Supper? What happened on the Lord's Supper? What, what did Jesus do for all of them? What, something, he washed his feet. He washed his feet. You know, I, I've told you all this. One of the worst things that's going to be about hell is not the flames. It, it's not the intense heat. It's not the smoke. It's not the screams. 
It's knowing who Jesus is and never being able to experience it again. Can you imagine for the last 2,000 years, Judas has been replaying in his mind everything he saw Jesus do in front of him. Every word that was spoken, both good, bad, and indifferent, I mean, he's replayed that over and over and over in his mind again and again and again. And I imagine one of the screams that you can hear in hell if you're close enough to Judas is, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to change my life. But you can't. When you cross the threshold from this life to the next, you cannot push rewind. You can't do it. So for 2,000 years now, Judas has been reaching up trying to grasp something and push something that he'll never, ever, ever be able to push. But you know, he's not the only one. He's not the only one. Now, he might be one of the worst ones because he died. Scripture says, Jesus said about Judas, it would have been better if you never would have been born. You know, there's scholars who speculate whether Judas is in hell or not. That scripture clearly shows us that he's in hell. It would have been better he'd not been born. Why? Because he's in hell for 2,000 years. But let's consider somebody else. Let's consider somebody else. Let's consider a person who was called the man after God's own heart. Who was that? King David. Listen, he, he was up on a rooftop, and we can see this in, in Numbers chapter 20. He was up on a rooftop. He, he was just walking around, couldn't sleep, and found himself gazing over the balcony. Is there anything, you know, wrong with walking around on a balcony, gazing over the rooftop, Ricky Tire, at night when you can't sleep? There's nothing wrong with that, is there? There's nothing wrong with that at all. But then his eyes glanced a beautiful woman at the, at the, you know, right, at the, right at sunset taking a bath on a rooftop. Well, she shouldn't have been up there naked taking a, roof, a bath on a rooftop. Listen, that, that was common back in that day, okay? Now, she might have tried to draw, draw a curtain. I, you know, I, there's a lot of questions I have here because, you know, but, but anyway, she was up there taking a bath. What should David, the man after God's own heart, have done? He should have turned around, walked back in, and said, Hey, look, hey, guys, 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 there's some woman out here taking a bath on the. She's, you know, I didn't look twice, so I'm not sure how good looking she was. All right? But send somebody over there and tell her she needs to put some drapes up. You know, she's fine taking a bath. That's where the bathtub is. But put some drapes up. Did David do that? No, he didn't. You know what David did? He brought out the binoculars. He kept looking and staring, and his mind drifted in too many different places. And before he knew it, he was asking, okay, who is this? Where is she? Tell her to come here. He had committed an unbelievable, horrible act, found out she was pregnant. Golly, that's terrible. Man after God's own heart. 
That's terrible, isn't it? Oh, but y'all know the story gets worse. He tried to hide and cover all this up, brought her husband, Uriah, back to, from, from the battlefield, tried to get him drunk, tried to make him go have relations with his wife so he would think he got her pregnant. But oh, no, listen, that didn't work because he was loyal. He was loyal to King David. He said, how can I do this when my troops are out there waiting to go into battle? I can't do this. So David said, that's fine. I'll send you to the very hottest part of the, the battle and killed him. Man, after God's own heart. And you know, after he did it, it didn't seem like he had any remorse. It didn't. And, and Nahum came and says, look, I want to tell you a story. I told him a story about somebody who took a, a prize lamb from a man who was poor and slaughtered it, killed it. Y'all remember the story? And David said that, hey, listen, I'm going to take care of that person. We, we, hey, listen, we're going we to take care of that person. I want you to bring him to me. We're going to take care of that person. Nahum picked his hand up, pointed his finger, and said, David, you are that person. You're that person. And now that right then, that time, that place in, in David's life, that's when David realized, boy, I wish I could go back. I wish I could fix this. All I had to do was turn my gaze to another direction. All I had to do was look the other way. All I had to do was not let my mind go to the place that it went. And none of this would happen. I wish that I could rewind that. But he can't. He can't. You know, David didn't go to hell. He didn't. But David stood before Jesus. Can you imagine, Bailey, can you imagine when he got to heaven and he stood before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one he, 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 he loved, and that replayed. How much it hurt God. How much it hurt him to see that replay you can't rewind you can't rewind this was the man after God's own heart yeah but you can't rewind understand it doesn't matter who you are you cannot rewind but, but there's others there's others listen consider Moses and Numbers chapter 20 Moses was leading the Hebrew children to the promised land I mean he was doing what God told him to do the, the problem with Moses is he had to deal with uh, two, two, to, two to three million grumblers and complaining church members. Guiding them through. Listen, God says, look, first time they were thirsty, he says, look, go, take your staff. <coughs> There's a rock over there. Tap on the rock. He said, water's going to flow from it. <coughs> first time Moses did it. It's fine. Second time, they needed water. God said, Moses, go over there, and there's a rock. Tap on the rock, and the water will flow from it. Well, in between this time and the last time, those Hebrew children had rubbed him the last time the wrong way. Moses was fed up. I mean, these people didn't do anything but grumble and complain. And the one thing that got on his nerves more than anything else, he said that they would say this, I wish be to God that we would have just stayed in Egypt. And I, I bet you at one, one point Moses would have said, I wish you'd have stayed too. If all you're going to do is grumble and complain, don't come here. Right? 
I, I think we need to do that for church initiation when people want to join the church. Say, look here, you're welcome to come. We want you to come and join in fellowship and, and have a great time. But if you come in here wanting to whine and complain and grumble about everything, just stay where you're at. That's probably why you left. Right? So Moses, the third time, was hot. He was mad. He was like, all these people do is grumble and complain. He walked up to the rock. And listen, this time God didn't tell him to hit the rock. What did God tell him to do? Speak to the rock. Y'all remember? What did Moses do? How many times did he hit that rock? We know he hit it two times. Do y'all think he, he did it with love and gentleness? He just walked up to that rock and did it right here? Like that? Do y'all think he did that? Y'all know, know how you get. I've got, I got that way. I still get that way from time to time. Kyle's still in here. When I'm trying to do something, things aren't going my way. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We cabinet cuss. We slam them doors. That's what Moses, he beat that rock twice. And I guess rocks have feelings, and God didn't like the way he hit that rock. No, what God didn't like is his rebellious nature. Those were his children. And Moses was being disrespectful to God's children. We better watch how we treat the nation of Israel. You hear me? Always and forever. Well, what happened? He wasn't allowed to see the promised land. He was allowed to look over into it, but he was never allowed to walk into it. Do y'all ever, ever think, I wonder if Moses, after all this time, wishes he could rewind and change that. I mean, really, in the scheme of things, as I've described the three so far, I mean, this was probably the least of the three offenses, wouldn't you think? I mean, he just, he got, how many, how many in here hadn't lost your temper and, and tore something up? I have. I've told y'all one of the, the one of the worst ones, and I I wish I wish I could just push that replay or rewind button. One of the worst times ever. My kids were in the car. Didn't have the house key, but I had a house key hidden in the refrigerator in the laundry room. Easy peasy. I always try to hide a key. Went to find the key. Guess what? Key wasn't in the refrigerator. One of the kids had gotten it to Angie and not put it back. I tried to get in that back door. I jimmied. I pulled out my credit card, and I tried to, you know, slip it in there, and, and it wouldn't do it. I, everything I tried wouldn't do it. So I said, fine. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, blood was boiling. I went and got the sledgehammer out of the building, and I beat that door down. I couldn't beat the door down. It wouldn't beat down. I mean, there were hammer marks all over that door. I said, that's fine. I took the hammer, and I busted through the glass and reached down and unlocked the door. Amy's down here to just shut your mouth. <laughs> Got back in the car. Amy looked down and she said, is this the key? <laughs> and yes, it was. Y'all know who took that key out and put it in the car? Me. <laughs> Many times my children are guilty of taking stuff and not putting it back where it belongs. But on this day, it was me. And I just had to sit there. And the worst part, 
was there were church members who lived on both sides of me. And, well, I didn't, I wasn't loud. I didn't, wasn't cussing or nothing, Miss Edie. I was just, I was mad. But the little boy asked my son, he says, what in the world was wrong with your daddy? He was beating on that door. <laughs> yeah, you think it's funny now. You didn't think it was funny then. I wish I could rewind. I wish I could rewind that. Y'all, listen, do you, do you think that, that Peter in Matthew 26 wished that he could rewind all the details, the sordid details? E even, listen, Jesus told him, he says, look, you, you, you're, before, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter says, nah. Do you think Peter, after all these years, still wishes that he could rewind and go back? But he can't. He cannot rewind. He can't go back. Listen, I wonder, I wonder if, if the apostles in Mark 14, and I'm going to read that one because you know, it, it's good, and y'all need to, 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 to highlight that because, I mean, it's us. It's, it's who we are every single day. Mark chapter 14, uh, and why can't I read that? Verse 50, Mark 14, verse 50. It says this, then they all deserted him and ran away. When Jesus was arrested, they all deserted him and ran away. Why do y'all think they ran away? Why do you think they, were, they deserted him? Why do you think they were scared? Because they thought they were going to get the same thing Jesus got. Right? But verse 51 says this, now a certain young man having a linen cloth wrapped around his naked body. Y'all know who that was, right? John. And what was, his, what was his notoriety? What was his name? What was his accolade? The beloved one, the one who loved Jesus the most. Now, a certain young man having a linen cloth wrapped around his naked body was following him, they caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth behind and ran away naked. He ran. Why? Because he was scared. They all left him. The same men who followed him for over three years saw him overcome unsurmountable odds and their minds, they didn't think he, they, he could come out of this. He, he could have if he wanted to, couldn't he? But they didn't think so, so they ran. I wonder if any of them wished they could push that rewind button. Now, we know John came back and stood with Jesus at the cross, but I wonder if all of them at one point said, I, I wish that I would have taken my stand. I wish I would have followed him. When he fell on the ground and that unknown man, Simeon, had to come and carry his cross, I wish that I would have been that one who picked up the cross and carried it the rest of the way for him. I wish that I would have been the one. I wish that I would have done what I said I was going to do, and I wish I wouldn't have denied him. But none of them can push the rewind button. None of them. Why is it that all of these people we see in Scripture, and I could add many, many more, what we see in their lives would wish that they could hit the rewind button? Here's why. 
because they would not be still or stop and listen to God. They were too busy to listen to God. All of these people live with regret and wish that they had a do-over. Now, how does this relate to us today? Y'all hold on, I'm just about done. How does this relate to us today? Do you have any regrets? Any of y'all have any regrets? I, I, I do. I, I do. I'm going to give you the short version. You ready? Number one, my greatest, one of my greatest regrets, I wish when I walked across my high school stage and I received my diploma that the next weekend my wife and I got married. 19 years old. Wait a minute, you graduate when you're 18. Yeah, but I liked the ninth grade twice, so I did it twice. <laughs> 19 years old. I wish I'd have been married then. Why? Because it would have saved us a lot of pain, anguish, and suffering, a lot of heartache, a lot of nasty words, a lot of arguments. Wouldn't, wouldn't it have? I wish that I'd have done that. I, I wish that I would have spent more time with my children when they were young. I was working. I had to work. I had to work. I was working two and three jobs at a time. Cody, my hands look like yours, buddy, I'm telling you. I told y'all when we went to the Alex's wedding, Emily says, what is that smell? What is, what is that smell? And she said, that's what Dad used to smell like when we came home. We were close to Charlotte Pipe and Foundry. She, and she, it, was, it was reminiscent to her. I mean, it was a, a, a moment for her. And she said, I remember he'd come home and his hands were black. But I wish I spent more time with my children when they were young. There's so much that I don't remember. I wish that, that I would have spent more time with my little sister. I could have and I didn't. I, I thought she had more time. I wish that every time that we went to Carowinds, we would have taken my baby sister with us. I wish that every time that we would have gone to, to, to church, I wish that I would have driven just that one and a half, two miles to my mom's house and picked my sister up and taken her to church with me. But I didn't. There's things that I wish that I would not have said or done. That's where it hits all of us, isn't it? I'll never forget, Amy did this uh, study in VBS years ago, or it might have been Awana, and she got a tube of toothpaste. Y'all seen that illustration? And she was talking about words that we say and things that we do. And she took the, the toothpaste and she squirted it all out on this, this uh, plastic plate. And then she asked each person to come up there and try to put the toothpaste back in a, in a toothpaste holder tube. You can't do it. You absolutely can't do it. And that's where we are. There's so many things that I've said and I've done that I wish that I could put back, but I can't. Now, let me tell you my, grand, grand, my grandmother Waddell's biggest regret. When I was in the ninth grade, I had a homework assignment, and my homework assignment was to um, interview one of my relatives, and I picked my grandmother Waddell. I still have the, the tape somewhere. Uh, made it to a CD and gave it to my cousins for Christmas years after she had passed away. One of the last questions I asked her, I said, Grandma, I said, I said what, is, what is your greatest regret? And this, this woman, I mean, she lived a full life. She used to pick cotton for a penny a pound. Her husband was a, uh, a farmer who 
sharecropper in Tabor City, North Carolina. They picked cotton and tobacco. So what's your greatest regret, Grandma? She said, I wish that I would have accepted Christ as my personal savior, savior younger in my life, and I would have lived for him longer than I did. You can't rewind. You see, she had put it off. She knew about Jesus. She knew who Jesus was, and she knew how to find him. But she told me, she said, I, I, I just put it off. I put it off. I felt like I was going to lose something. I, I, I kept, I kept after, even after I accepted him, I wasn't living for him. I wasn't serving him because I, I felt like there were so many other things that I needed to do. She said, I wish I would have served him from a younger age. I never sat in my grandmother's Sunday school class because she had, you know, stepped down. She just couldn't do it when I was around. But I'd love to go back and sit and listen to my grandmother teach a Sunday school lesson. But you can't. You can't. There's no rewind button. There's no redo. Well, why, why, am, I, why am I telling y'all all of this? Why, why, is, why is this so important? We all have regrets from our past. Things we wish with every part of our being we could go back and fix. But there's no rewind button. Church, we, we need to live every day knowing there is no rewind button. How, how could that change anything? We'd love stronger. Saw a video this past week. It really caught me off guard. There was a man who was on a bicycle by himself in a beach area, and somebody interviewed him and said, what's your greatest regret? And he said, well, he said, I was on the phone with my wife of 31 years, and we were talking, just ordinary conversation. And while we were on the phone talking, she died. He said, we had planned this trip for many years, and today I'm on that trip. I regret not going earlier. I can't rewind and go back. Guys, listen. If we've ever lived in a time in our lives where it was more important to stand up and be bold for Jesus, it's now. The world needs it. They need to see us. The world needs to see our love, our compassion. The world needs to hear our words. Listen, the, the, the world needs to hear what you're doing is wrong. It's time that we stand up and we be who God created us to be. Because I promise you, if we do not do it now, we will regret it when we stand before him. There is no rewind button. This today is our day and our time. This is where God has brought us, and this is who God created us to be. We all have regret. But if we will just stop and be still and listen to God, he desires to speak to our hearts. Right now, I'm going to give you the opportunity to be still and listen 
during a time of invitation. Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. My question to you is this. Will you come and be still and listen to what God has to say to you? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. And thank you, Lord, for giving us another opportunity to hear you and to listen to you and to follow you. Help us to drown out all the noise, Lord, and just hear from you right now. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, you need to come.